live from Atlanta, Georgia. Everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Welcome, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media to promote themselves and their businesses. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking etiquette. And not just on social media, but in business in general, because it's one of those, shall we say, lost art forms, um, you know, where I think people really have forgotten how to be polite. And it's funny because we notice when we get slighted, but then we turn around and we slight somebody else, and it may be that we've picked up our cell phone, or we're just not paying attention, or all of those things that we really need to start paying attention to again. So... I am so delighted to introduce my guest because she is an expert in this. So join me in welcoming Anthonette Klinkerman. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for the welcome today. Great, great. Well, before we go any further, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. Anthonette Klinkerman is known as Colonel Klinkerman, and she is the CEO, Chief Etiquette Officer of Courtesy Boot Camp. Courtesy Boot Camp provides a crash course in courtesy to help businesses from both inside the office to outside customer service. In 2010, one of the Colonel's clients took a national Best of the Best Award in Human Resources and was the only Colorado facility recognized. She is also the author of two books, the first called Courtesy Boot Camp, a not-so-gentle reminder to live by the golden rule. And the second book is her 2013 award-winning children's book titled Battle of the Grandmas. Both of these are available on Amazon. So again, please join me in welcoming Anthonette. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I know this is going to be so much fun. It's a little bit different than what I normally do, and that's what makes it fun, because I can talk social media and talk social media and talk social media, but... There's so many other things that are out there, and and I talk social media as it pertains to business. So, you know, this really is just a, a great segue into all of this because we have to be courteous to people, whether it's in person, whether it's on the phone, whether it's through email, social media, all of those various things, and that's why it's great to have you on today. Well, thank you so much, and I... I agree with you. There are so many things going on these days. We are so, as I like to say, we're so connected, we're disconnected, and we feel like anything goes, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, first, tell me how you got into doing this, because this is is very unique and very cool, and and I'm interested in, in why you started doing this. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to tell this story. I'm actually celebrating my six-year anniversary this month. Wow. So a few years ago, I was teaching middle school, and the last week of school, as we all know, is kind of a wash. Mm -hmm. Everyone is finished. The teachers are finished. The kids are finished. And I just couldn't bring myself to, uh, as I joke about in a few circles with my teacher friends, I couldn't bring myself to show The Lion King for the umpteenth time. (laughs) 
And I didn't want to just resort to showing a video that last week of school. I wanted to leave the kids with something that they could carry all the way through summer. And so I started teaching etiquette lessons. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, these 8th graders and 7th graders absolutely adored it. And I I was doing things like taping off doorways on the floor and practicing who goes through first Mm -hmm. and talking to them about just how to conduct themselves a little bit more um, elegantly through the course of Mm -hmm. the summer. And I thought, I think I'm onto something. So I started doing my research. And as I went into bookstores, I found shelf after shelf after shelf of wedding etiquette, but nothing about common daily courtesy. Right. And when I did stumble across it, it was maybe a foot-wide section of a shelf, and that was it. (laughs) So I thought, well, there has to be something more out there. And I know everybody wants everything in a boot camp format. They want it in one hour. They want it yesterday. So Mm -hmm. just give me the basics. And so I came up with this idea of manners boot camp, and courtesy boot camp was born. Great. Well, it's funny, you know, because now I'm in the South where, you know, they, they still teach etiquette classes and, and things like that, and they have cotillions and, and all of those. But it's, it is more the social graces, and it's not really how to behave in a professional business setting, which it, to me, it's, it's all the same thing. You know, you should treat a customer the same way you would treat your best friend, the same way you would treat a stranger, you know, all of those things, which kind of is, you know, as, as you mentioned in, as we talked about in your intro, it's the golden rule. But why is it people think that in business, they can treat people differently and in many cases poorly and get away with it. I wish I knew, Deb. Honestly, I think it's this excuse that we are so busy and mm-hmm. we're so important, we're so busy that I don't really have time to be courteous to you. Mm-hmm. We are so unusual as a country in that we are really sticklers for time and for being busy. I mean, we almost mm-hmm. wear our busyness like a badge, which I think right. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're not that busy to be kind to one another mm-hmm. but we are just so happy to be busy all the time right. and people say well you know I just I don't have time for the little niceties anymore because I am just so important and I think that is really the wrong attitude we don't have a caste system here in America mm-hmm. where people right. who are serving us are beneath us so get off mm-hmm. your phone and acknowledge the barista or acknowledge mm-hmm. the person who's giving you your dry It's just that these common courtesies are going by the wayside in the name of us just being too busy to stop and do these kinds of Mm -hmm. things. Well, and it's funny because if, if, if we do something and somebody doesn't thank us, we're like, oh, well, how rude. Mm -hmm. But you're right. We don't take the time to thank people. Um, I had a guest on last year on my radio program, and he's, you know, a a fairly well-known name. It's Peter Shankman. And he's, he's, you know, very well-known in the marketing world. And one of the things, and I don't remember if we talked about this on the program or if I just talked to him about this in general, but when he is meeting with someone to decide if he's going to work with them, he watches how they treat the people who are Kind of not subservient, but are the like the waiters, the waitresses, the you know the the doorman, the administrative assistant, all of those things. You know, do you say thank you to those people? Are you courteous to them? And he said that gives him the idea of what they would be like to work with. And if they are rude to those people, he won't work with them. And so I've really kept that in mind. And it's funny because you're, it doesn't take any extra time. You know, when I get my food at the drive-through, I say thank you. And so many times they look at me like, wow. 
And, you know, or somebody hands you something, you know, they hand you your Starbucks coffee. Thank you very much. I mean, it didn't take any extra time, but in many cases, you might have made their day. Um, you know, and, and all of those little common courtesies really are things that can make a difference to people. Oh, absolutely. I like that he uses that as a barometer determining his next best client because I, in a similar respect, when I go to visit with a client before I actually do a presentation or a staff development, I watch them and how they conduct themselves in their workplace and mm-hmm. I determine if we're going to be a good fit or not because sometimes they don't realize that the problems inside of their establishment is actually starting with them. Mm-hmm. So I watch very carefully to make sure that these people know exactly how to treat their work staff because that's, mm-hmm. it's common knowledge that people will work harder for a compliment than they will for a raise. And a lot of people don't realize that. They just think, I'm going to give you some more money, oh, and the extra responsibilities that go with it. But they won't acknowledge what you actually are doing with a thank you or I really like how you treated that guest or just a simple little compliment goes a long right. way. Now, my, I love Mark Twain, and Mark Twain said, I could live for two months on a good compliment. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And we it is. It doesn't cost you anything to give somebody a compliment, and you may have just made that person's day. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be authentic with that, also. You know, to to say thank you as well, thanks, <laughs> because we do pick up those differences, also. You know, so it's not just in saying the words; it's in meaning those words. And it's you know, it's it's not you know, not only just saying thank you and and all of those things. I saw a post on Facebook today, and somebody it was just a, a photo. And it was a gentleman holding a door open. And it said, I hold a door open not because you're a lady, but because I'm a gentleman. So true. (laughs) And I thought, you know, that, did I, was that your page? Did you post that? Um, but it, it really was true because it's, it is about the other person, but it is also about yourself. You know, how do you think of yourself? And sometimes you see that, you know, the people who aren't giving compliments don't think well of themselves either. No, they really don't. They really don't. And your tone does come through. You're exactly right. Even across the wires, like we're talking right now, mm-hmm. your tone of voice comes through. Uh, sarcasm comes through. I actually do an entire lesson on just saying, please, thank you, you're welcome, not no problem, because that drives me crazy. But saying those things without using sarcasm, because it transmits. It even transmits in your writing, and that's what a lot of people don't realize in social media, is that the tone, even though it's a little bit harder to pick up on, it still transmits when you're being mm-hmm. snarky and rude, and a lot of people just say, oh, okay, I don't I don't like the tone of that at all. I don't know why, but there's something about it that I'm not liking, and those posts tend to be ignored. Right. Well, and it's so important to reread your post, whether it's a post or a comment, to make sure that, that you weren't coming across as the snarky or the sarcastic. Um, now, you know, granted, there are times where we want to be like that, but, you know, if you weren't meaning to be, well, how could you word it differently so that it is coming across in a much more positive way? Exactly. I tell people constantly, check, double check before you click post or send <laughs> or whatever the button says, double check it because I'm looking for things like typos. I'm looking for things like who am I going to offend because Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie said if you offend one, you offend many. And a lot of people don't realize that what they're just even forwarding or sharing 
somebody's going to get offended out there. So you mm-hmm. need to be very careful because your posts are a direct reflection of you and you want people thinking what you want them to think about you rather than what they just pick up on and what the post is saying. Right. Well, and what's so important to me in social media, I tell people it's not who you're connected to that's necessarily important. I mean, obviously, they're they're all very important people, but it's who they are connected to. So you never know, especially like on Facebook or LinkedIn or something where you might have been being funny, you might have been being, say, a devil's advocate, whatever, and someone forwards that to a business connection of theirs. Mm -hmm. They're looking at it going, wow. I don't ever want to work with Deb Creer. She's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> and and all I meant was just to be funny, or maybe I was trying to be sarcastic or something. And so people have to keep that in mind, too, is it's not just the original people who are reading it, but it's people down the road or a year later or a day later who are looking at it going, uh-huh, what, what's going on there? Exactly. And very few people write the way that they speak. And that's what I tell people to be very careful of because you may speak one way, but your writing is not transmitting. Mm-hmm. And if it, if you are skilled enough to get your tone of voice through your writing, then you're ahead of a lot of other people in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have to be very careful. You just really right. do because all of that, I have coined a new term, all of that that you post online exists forever or what I now call electronally. You can't ah. back. You cannot get it back. It's out there, and it will exist forever. Right. You know, and and you may have been venting. You may have been frustrated. Um, you know, and, and and we've probably all done posts like that. Hopefully, we wrote them and then deleted them before sending them. But you know, we did get the bad service somewhere, or we didn't like that movie, or you know, a variety of things. But you're right. Once it's out there, it's out there. And deleting it doesn't make it go away. It's still in the this this stratosphere somewhere. And you know, it certainly didn't stop somebody from printing it or saving it right when they saw it. Exactly. I mean case in point I actually did I sent a nasty gram a long time ago and it was mm-hmm. an email format and the person who was the recipient, unfortunately, literally held on to it for oh. fourteen years just waiting to throw it back in my face. <laughs> And I thought, wow, you need some help. But, (laughs) but oh my goodness, it was a huge lesson for me to realize that all it takes is one person to snag your comment, your post, your email, and save it forever, just waiting to get you later. And that's just terrible to have to worry about things like that. But that's how some people really do operate. They're Mm -hmm. just waiting to sting you. Right. Well, and of course, on social media, you're getting a lot of things out of context mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe somebody wrote a series of six tweets about a subject. Well, you might only see tweet number four, mm-hmm. and and tweet number four was mean and nasty, but tweets one, two, and three explained it or, you know, something like that. So that's always kind of where people get tripped up is somebody will go in and look at a post and miss all of the context that went with it. Exactly. They just find the one word that they want to latch on to mm-hmm. and then you're off on another tangent. So it's no wonder all of us have attention deficit disorder. I know. <laughs> what? Squirrel. <laughs> so, you know, how, how on social media... Can we be more polite? And, you know, and, and there are times where you do have to be brusque, where you do have to, you know, you, you can't always be polite is maybe the, the, just the easier way to say it, you know, because you can't always be polite in real life either. But 
how do we bring etiquette into our social media settings? You know, you mentioned reviewing posts, making sure that, you know, that what you wanted to say is going to come across the way it should be. But what are some other tips that you have? I The filter that I would use the most often would have to be the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Mm. However, that's not always the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, businesses definitely need to know that they are not doing a good job. And right. last week I had to contact two businesses that I was very unhappy with and sent very carefully worded complaints in. Mm-hmm. Because as I teach, a complaint where you just tell somebody that your business is lousy doesn't do anything. When mm-hmm. you're specific... I wasn't happy with this, or this could have been done a little bit better, or that wasn't clean, you're more likely to get a response. And sure enough, when I sent this email to corporate, the manager of the local establishment was on the phone with me in a hot minute wow. trying to fix this problem. So mm-hmm. you have to be very careful with your words. And as, as they say, you'll catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Mm-hmm. So if you are sweeter about your complaint Mm -hmm. and even word it as a suggestion and I always tell businesses too I'm doing this to help you not to hurt you I Mm -hmm. want you to understand that I can't be the only customer or the patron who's upset with things being the way that they are so I really am doing this to help you and they oh they're they're a lot more receptive when you're coming at them in the name of assisting them Mm-hmm. business rather than just trying to destroy it but there are you know there are some people out there on social media who really just like i hope this business closes and they're vindictive and terrible i would just say think twice before you post things like that and think is this really going to be helpful or is it going to be hurtful mm-hmm. and i'm a big believer in karma too is if you're going to keep right. putting out negative energy well guess what you're going to get back Mm -hmm. So I'd be very careful with putting out all kinds of negatives. Right. Well, and there's no reason any time for name-calling, you know, and and especially if you're talking to a business. You know, they might be idiots. They might be stupid. They might be all those things. But the second you use that language, everything else is gone. You know, because think of it the other way. You know, if somebody calls me an idiot, I don't care what else they say. They could say the nicest, sweetest things, and I get stuck on that one thing. And, you know, and, and that's where I think so many people, we vent. You know, we think this computer screen is a shield, and we can put whatever we want and say whatever we want. And guess what, folks? It's not. It's not at all. That's I like to say that as well. If I say little screens make for big nerve, boy, we very brave when we're behind Mm -hmm. a little screen. And that's not right. I mean, it's uh, even a cartoon addressed this at one point. It was Phineas and Ferb, and it said, if you wouldn't say it in person, don't say it online. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what people need to remember. But people these days, their phones and their tablets and everything else, it is their shield. I mean, I've actually Mm -hmm. met teenagers lately who they'll hold their phone out in front of them because they just don't Mm -hmm. know how to interact with human beings anymore. Wow. And so I'll look down and I'll say, nice to meet your phone. And mm-hmm. then they'll look up. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. And they'll catch themselves. But mm-hmm. we just, unfortunately, we are learning that it's okay to hide behind these screens and say whatever it is that we want. And that's not true at all. That it's something mm-hmm. that it's not going to help anybody. And mm-hmm. it makes you look foolish in the process. When I talk right. about uh, the use of profanity, I just think that the 
there's a time and a place for it, and it's not here, not now. Not ever. No. Mm-hmm. It's right, right. so poorly of the user, it immediately mm-hmm. lowers your credibility when you mm-hmm. continue to use bad language or calling mm-hmm. people names, as you said earlier. Right. Well, time has flown. I always know when I have fabulous guests because I'll look down and go, oh, <laughs> we're out of time for this, this segment. And so we're going to continue this discussion, but I really want to focus on talking about cell phone oh, use. Yes. You know, just, <laughs> you, you know, you talked about teenagers and because, you know, it's, it's glued to me. I can't put my cell phone down. It's, you know, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're talking about office courtesy and common courtesy and, and how to be polite and, and things like that with Antoinette Klinkerman. And when we come back, we will continue this discussion. I'm Deb Creer on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. MileHighRadio.com. Just what the doctor ordered. Hi, this is Dr. Clint Degason. I want to tell you about a current patient of mine, Lisa. She came into me with lower back pain and lack of mobility. Her story is that she, her back pain started gradually and got to the point that she missed work. And after a corrective surgery, her pain was getting worse and worse. So she met a colleague of mine, and he noticed that she was walking a bit funny at a health fair. He referred her to my office, and now she feels 10 years younger. She no longer cringes when she has to bend over. She said life is good, and she's enjoying it to the fullest. She came in for low back pain and she noticed that she's had a decrease in pain, a higher level of energy, she's sleeping better, and that her perimenopausal symptoms are drastically reduced and some have totally disappeared. She's chosen to continue with chiropractic because she says she's too young to feel handicapped and life is too short not to enjoy it. If you'd like to take advantage of that as well, feel free to give my office a call at 303-688-2300. 303-688-2300. Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late-night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died, and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow. More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com
We're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. We are back, and as my music says, I do have a fabulous guest on today. We are talking about etiquette in the workplace, etiquette out in the real world, etiquette all the time, everywhere, with Antoinette Klinkerman. And I didn't say your name right, did I? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a courtesy thing. And so please tell me how to say your name and where we can find and connect with you online. Absolutely. It's Antoinette, so the feminine of Anthony, Antoinette Klinkerman. And my company is called Courtesy Boot Camp, and you can find me at www.courtesybootcamp.com. Great. And you've got a fun little video there. I had fun watching it. I actually watched it a couple of times. Oh, and and it does talk about things that we forget. And, you know, as, as we mentioned before the break, the, we have these cell phones. And they are attached to us. Now, mine, I, I joke, mine is not nearly as bad. I will, um, I don't sleep with it by me. You know, it's, it is off in another room, in fact, charging. But it was one day last week, I was halfway to a meeting, and I realized I didn't have my phone. And I was going to be out and about for probably five or six hours. So no phone, no email, no Facebook, no any of that. And... And as I, you know, I was telling somebody else, and they said, "Oh, that just gave me the shivers." And somebody else said, "Oh, I broke out in hives." <laughs> and and it's so true. We're so used to having our cell phones that they've become a crutch. You were talking about the teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, it has been something where we've gotten more and more rude about it. There's just no way to to, to go around it. So when you're giving your seminars. Let's talk about this. Talk about cell phone etiquette. Oh, right. I know. We, we, we don't have 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, tell me when I need to stop. I could talk about this for a long time. Uh, my seminars, actually, when I start them, I put up the rules. And the rules are if I hear your cell phone go off, you are going to owe me five push-ups. And people just flip out and start scrambling for their phones and putting them away or putting them on vibrate. Because I understand, you know, there are people who have children under somebody else's care and they're smaller. So I I completely understand that. But I want people to make sure that they know that these cell phones have become a very visual sign of disrespect. Mm -hmm. I will not even allow people to leave them up on their tabletop because that saying to me that they're waiting for something more interesting than me, which how is that possible? But <laughs> to come along on their little screen, and so I don't even want to see them up on top of the tables. So, I, like you, I've left my cell phone at home, and I have a little bit of a different response. Is there's that momentary panic because we are so well trained, and we're, we're trained to believe you're going to miss something, you're going to miss something. Mm-hmm. Right. We actually aren't. It's going to be repeated 92 times anyway, so you're not missing anything. But when I've left my cell phone at home, after the panic resides, I think to myself, nobody can find me. This is great. I can do whatever I want right now, and nobody can find me. But we've been taught that this you need to have this on you at all times. And I'll tell you, I we took away our uh, landline last mm-hmm. year, and now I'm really sorry that I did that because I like to be able to turn my phone off and leave it there, and whoever's calling my landline is somebody that's, a family friend or family or somebody I'd really rather talk to. 
So turning it off once in a while, as hard as it is, I tell people there is an off button on the thing. Uh, find it. Become familiar with it because it can be off for periods up to two hours at a time, and you will be able to catch up just fine. So it's just breaking this habit that we've all been sold into. Well, and it's funny because I did a post on Facebook, of course, after I forgot my phone, and I, I created a little meme, and it was, you know, a picture of the world, and so it said, I left my phone at home today, and the world did not end. I saw that. And, you know, it, but it was so true because... We have gotten so used to the fact that we have to know everything right away. And, you know, unless it's an emergency, we don't. Exactly. You know, and, and if it's an emergency, somebody can find me another way. And, and that, you know, that does kind of give me pause when I don't have my phone with me is, you know, what if somebody needs to reach me? But, you know, it, it is one of those things where, you know, it, it's okay to go without. And, you know, when I go into a meeting, and especially if it's like a, a meeting with a client, my phone stays in the car. I don't even take it in because I don't want to be tempted to look at it. And and when I work with people who are in the job market, I tell them, when you are in an interview, your phone absolutely positively has to be in the car. You do not take it in. You do yeah, because it is so tempting. You know, we're we've got five minutes before the meeting, so ooh, we're going to do a Facebook post or oh, we're going to read a quick article, and then they come out and you've got your head down. You know, you're looking at that phone, and it's exactly what you said. We're looking like we don't care. Right. There's a something on a little video or a little vine on Facebook today of a man who's sitting on his boat looking at his mm. phone and misses a humpback whale mm-hmm. surfacing near him. And I thought, really? You didn't even hear it? I know. I know. What we get in these phones? Mm-hmm. And it really is just, it's unfortunate that everybody has been trained to be carrying their phone with them at all times because we, again, are so connected that we're missing so many opportunities to connect with people on a face-to-face level. And our social skills are declining horribly because of the Mm -hmm. invention of the cell phone, I believe. And I think you do, too. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, people, they they now type in shorthand because they've been uh, sending tweets that are ha- that they have to be short you know all of these things we've we've gotten out of how to write properly um as you mentioned you know we we don't say please and thank you when we write we don't do or we say tks like okay i don't know what tks means <laughs> and you know and, and all of these things and, and it's like no take the time to spell it out Right, and uh, my students, because I'm also a high school English teacher, I teach at a night high school here uh, in Denver, and the students know, well, I had to train them, of course, but they now mm-hmm. know that you do not use text speak or shorthand mm-hmm. when you are writing a formal paper to me. The funny thing is that with all the talk of etiquette, we all know that there are certain places where we're supposed to act a certain way, like mm-hmm. on the job or around right. family versus how we act around our friends or online, but it's the lines are starting to blur, and that's where mm-hmm. people are getting into trouble, mm-hmm. especially with those cell phones. So I absolutely insist that they are out of my sight when I'm doing my seminars or when I'm teaching, and even uh, earbuds, that to mm-hmm. me has become a very visual sign of disrespect. And students right. like to tell me, oh, I can listen to you and listen to music at the same time. <laughs> and I tell them, uh, no, you can't. Right. Um, multitasking is multi-stupid, as I heard mm-hmm. it said. And you can't do it as well as you think. There have been tests done that prove that people are not as good at multitaskers as they think they are. 
Mm-hmm. So just having that phone there, again, it's because it's like a visual cue for us that we need to look at that little black screen and, oh, my gosh, I must have missed something. So trying to break ourselves of the habit, that's something that I took um, the beginning of the year. My New Year's resolution was to spend a lot less time on Facebook. And mm-hmm. I spent a week away from it. And like <gasps> you, the world did not end. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss anything i caught up on all of it in a matter of about three minutes <laughs> and and if there was something truly important during that time you found out in another way absolutely absolutely okay. but with the cell phones my gosh i mean i love the game that people have come up with that if you were out socializing with people that you stack your cell phones one on top of the other mm-hmm. and the first person at the table to reach for theirs pays the bill I know, I've seen that. I love that. <laughs> I love but, that. You know, it's, it's funny because meetings build cell phones in. You know, the, the day that I had forgotten my cell phone, I was at a lunch, mm-hmm. and the, the person speaking said, now, I want everybody to take a picture of the group and post it on your Facebook page. And I went, ah! <laughs> you know? And, of course, everybody else in that room except me picked up their phone. And and the funny thing is they all knew that I was the social media person, and they thought it was just hilarious that I didn't have my phone. But <laughs> they they had just, you know, we'll take, take out your phone and take a picture. And it's like, oh, uh, and so I was the kid that got left out. Right, right. That, I think, is, if you'll notice, if you ever look in a restaurant and people are, somebody's on their phone, there might be one person that might be looking around and then think, oh, my gosh, I stick out right now. I better get out mm-hmm. my phone, too. It's like this avalanche effect of get out your technology because everybody else has it because, again, like you pointed out, nobody wants to feel left out. Oh, I want to look as busy as the rest of these people, so I better get my phone out. Right. And it's well, laughable, honestly. It is. You know, and, and we just all have to keep in mind how we feel when someone else is on their phone and sliding us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at uh, a meeting one time, and, and it, this was back in my, my days in Denver when I was doing a lot of public relations. And this was a roundtable discussion where they had brought in a lot of media people, so people from the Rocky Mountain News, the, the TV stations, all of those various things. And we were to go around to, to each of them and introduce ourselves. And, and so I was introducing myself to this man, and he's texting he's not texting he's responding to an email on his cell phone mm-hmm. never even looks up at me doesn't grunt doesn't do anything and it, so i let it go for about 10 seconds and then i realized he was not going to pay attention to me mm-hmm. so i did what i shouldn't especially because he's a re- you know was a reporter who i might need to deal with at some point i said well clearly you have something better to do so i'll just let you get back to that mm-hmm. and that caught his attention oh. And he, he looked up, and I thought, I'm either in trouble, <laughs> and he apologized profusely. He said, I am so very sorry. And he put it in his pocket. I mean, there was he wasn't going to touch it again. And, and he said, you know, thank you for calling me on that. He said, I get so caught up in, I have to do this right now that I forget that I, you know, there's, there are other things I need to be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the right now. It's that um, Pavlovian response that the minute we hear a ding, we need to look and we need to check mm-hmm. it. That's something that it takes self-discipline, but we can do it. And you can buy yourself little hours in the day even, buy some time by not responding to those or turning it off for a half an hour here or there when you're sure that you're not going to miss anything. It's just so difficult because again we are so well trained mm-hmm. and it's just there's too much out there there's too much to distract ourselves with right. and 
people are the what we should be distracted with. We actually did an event last um, Thursday night, mm-hmm. and it was just a, an after-hours bowling event, and it was ah. filled with teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I sat back and was amazed that they were having so much fun connecting mm-hmm. with each other that not a single one of them got their phone out. And there had to have been wow. 22 kids there. Holy cow. And so they, it's just finding a different distraction that mm-hmm. you can actually enjoy and relate to people, actual people, flesh and blood people, mm-hmm. with. And there were none of them were taking pictures to post. None of them were doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I was very surprised and pleased to see right. that, oh, good, people are starting to learn that really this does not need to rule my life. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I love uh, it, it's some of the technology that has come out, um, the cell phone blocking towers and the paint that restaurants and, and movie theaters and places like that mm-hmm. that can use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, the, it, it has its positives and negatives. You know, you'd mentioned earlier people have small children mm-hmm. who are being taken care of. You know, you might have a family member who's ill and all of those things. So, you know, I just say tell people about it. If they're not going to be able to use their cell phone in your business, just let them know. Then they can decide in advance. Um, you know, when, when we can't get through a movie without five reminders before the movie starts of put your cell phone away, don't text, don't this, don't, you know, really? Exactly. That, that's, I mean, they had to go that route because mm-hmm. they were having patrons complaining that mm-hmm. I really am trying, I'm here to escape. I'm not here to see somebody's light going on next to me. Mm-hmm. I don't right. need to see that at all. So it's something that I tell people when they ask, well, how do I get around this? Exactly as you said, I just say warn your companion first. That's all mm-hmm. you need to do because they are much more receptive by being warned ahead of time than they are to you jumping up going, i got to take mm-hmm. this call right now. Right. So right. it's a common courtesy. Just warn mm-hmm. your companion that you may be getting a call. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, I several weeks ago I had a friend who was very ill, and I was literally you know waiting for the bad call. Um, and but I had meetings I had to go to, and so right at the very start of the meeting, I explained to them. I said, "I'm terribly sorry. This is what's happened. I I need to watch my phone." And and I said, you know, but. And and I said, but I promise I will not touch it unless this emergency call comes through. And fortunately, the call never came. And, you know, things have, have gotten better. Okay. But, you know, it really was one of those things. And, and we do. We have kids who are with the babysitter. We have, you know, parents who are ill, children who are ill. And so there are times where you have to be watching your phone. But as you said, just tell people, hey, you know, I might have to take this call. Here's the reason why. Um, you know, if, if they just say, I might have to take a call, I'm like, oh, yeah, because something better is going to come along. Exactly. <laughs> but if it's, you know, my mother's been ill, okay, we all understand that. Right. And well, I'm happy your friend got better, too. <laughs> she did. She did. You know, it might be a cause for me to come back to Denver to visit, but that's not a bad thing. No, no not at all. But, yeah, right, and people, again, they're just much more receptive if you extend to them the courtesy first of mm-hmm. saying that this may happen. Because, again, you're better prepared for knowing that there may be an interruption and you're not irritated by having an interruption that you weren't prepared for. I know I one of my favorite stories was a gal who was out to lunch with a friend and she was busy texting the entire time. Well, her friend got up and left the table and went across the street and then texted the one who was still in the booth and said, do you miss me yet? <laughs> Had she even noticed? No, didn't even notice. Oh, even oh. Notice, and that's, that's when the friend looked up. But it's something where we, it's 
it should be okay, and I would like to make it okay. Here and now, I'm declaring that it is okay to tell your friends that their behavior is unacceptable, mm-hmm. and when, especially when it comes to the phone. Say, I'm here to have lunch with you, not you and your mm-hmm. phone and your social following. I'm here to connect with you right now. Right. And and then stick with it, obviously, yourself, but don't ask them questions. You know, my husband and I will be out, and I'll have my phone away, and he'll say, look up such and such. Well, then, of course, when it's in my hand, I have to do other things. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's kind of along those lines. It is, absolutely. So right. I just, I wish, I mean, they're a wonderful tool. However, they have gone over to the dark side very quickly. <laughs> and so we need to police them a little bit better. We need to get take back some control over these little things and say, all right, I'm going to turn it off for a half an hour. I'm going to turn it off for 20 minutes. If you can't make it that long, try 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it, you, because if you're addicted to it, you can you can taper yourself off. Don't go cold turkey. Really. <laughs> great, great. Well, we are going to go ahead and, and take our last break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about just office in, in etiquette in general you know what happens with like those office kitchens you know somebody steals my food you know all of those things and then attire you know we've gotten into we're going to be so casual that we're again we're showing disrespect so when i come back i am going to be talking with antonette clinkerman i got it right yay (laughs) and i actually stumbled over your last name but we're and i am deb creer we are on mile high radio and we'll be back in just a moment Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant Great shows, great music, milehighradio.com What are you listening to? Dancing when the stars go blue Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, Screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your 
And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we are back. And I'm having so much fun talking about etiquette, whether it's business, whether it's your personal life. It should be etiquette all the time. I mean, you know, we shouldn't turn it off. We should always say please. We should always say thank you. And <clears throat> we should mean it. <laughs> and talking with me today is Anthonette Klinkerman. So welcome back. Well, thank you so much. I'm just having such a delightful time. This is so much fun. And I still can't believe we never ran into each other when I was in Denver. So we'll just have to make that happen the next time I'm out there. Exactly. Great, great. Well, let's talk about office etiquette. Actual Etiquette in the office. I know one of the programs that you started doing is about kitchens. So what's up with kitchens and office etiquette? Well, the kitchen is a battleground. I am sure there's people out there listening right now (laughs) who are nodding their heads going, oh, my gosh, you are so right. But I had, a few years ago, I was hired by the city of Golden, the entire Mm -hmm. city. So I went up there four times to talk to all of their city employees, from the big burly street guys to the accountants Mm -hmm. to the lifeguards, everyone. So I went up and I talked to them about the office kitchen, which as I said, had become this battleground of people leaving messes or mm-hmm. stealing the food of other people from the refrigerator or, you know, not loading or unloading the dishwasher or loading it incorrectly. Right. And it, I was so shocked that mm-hmm. the type of behavior that I kind of heard about in the office was actually taking place, so much so that they ordered two of the cells from my presentation to blow up into poster size to hang in wow. their kitchen because mm-hmm. it had become so awful. Mm-hmm. So people just lose their minds in there. And I think they think, well, there are people hired to come and clean this up, which is mm-hmm. a horrible mentality to have. We have that from the grocery store parking lot to the office kitchen, thinking someone's going to come in and clean up this. Well, guess what state that's gotten us into? Not a very good state at all. Right. We've got this mentality. So I... After the city of Golden, I went to the city of Westminster, and I talked to Mm -hmm. one of their departments one night, and I said, let's talk about the office kitchen, and all the heads bowed. (laughs) What is going on here? And they said, no, let's not talk about this. Let's talk about anything but the office kitchen. And then there's the head of human resources saying, oh, no, let's talk about the office kitchen. Yes. And I said, what happened? This is how bad it got, Deb. I could not believe my ears but it got so bad with people stealing each other's food or leaving stuff to rot in the refrigerator mm-hmm. or blowing up stuff in the microwave and not wiping it up or the dishwasher too that the head of human resources duct taped and chained the refrigerator <laughs> shut <gasps> oh no for a week until she could force everyone to clean up after themselves mm-hmm. i was Appalled. I was laughing, but I was appalled mm-hmm. that it has come down to that, that people just figure that, well, somebody else will clean this up or I don't need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But it's just little things. It's that that's where we go to the office kitchen is usually also your workroom, your lunchroom. Mm-hmm. And that's where people go to enjoy a little break and their food, too. 
And to go into a messy environment is just one of those things that adds up to absenteeism in the workplace, which actually right. costs workplaces a lot of money. Well, who mm-hmm. wants to go and sit in a sloppy kitchen day after day to eat their lunch? Well, mm-hmm. boy, it's easier to call in sick now, isn't it? And that's where mm-hmm. U.S. businesses are actually losing over $300 billion a year. Wow. Is in absenteeism, lost mm-hmm. productivity, and increased healthcare costs, not just because the office kitchen is a mess, but it, that's one of those things that adds up to people calling in sick more often mm-hmm. because they just don't want to go and be surrounded by filth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of businesses, unfortunately, they figure that we'll cut some costs here and they get rid of the last thing they should get rid of, which is the janitorial services. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, that's, that's the first thing on your list that needs to be kept. Mm-hmm. But people don't see it that way. So office right. kitchen, again, has just become this place where people don't want to go. Well, guess mm-hmm. what they're doing now? Now they're eating at their desks, creating more filth and more opportunities mm-hmm. for germs to grow, getting themselves sicker. So it's really someplace that it's like the heart of the business that needs to be kept functioning mm-hmm. and clean. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. Well, and if they're not eating at their desk, they're going out. Right. And... They're never gone just for that hour, no. you know, and and so then you're losing, you're obviously use, losing productivity time then, yeah. um, you know, and, and and we've all seen it and we've all done it. You know, we've we've filled the cup of coffee, we've used the spoon, we've done whatever, and we just put it in the sink. Right. You know, the dishwasher is right there yeah. and yeah. we think, well, it needs to be unloaded. I don't have time to unload it. Exactly. <laughs> and it really would take just a couple of minutes, you know, and... And it's so true that it is kind of that hub mm-hmm. because we do go that we go there to gossip, we go there to catch up, we go there to have our break, we do whatever and and we but we need that time. You know, there's there's been so many studies that have shown that people need that mental break mm-hmm. in order to be productive. And so if that means that they go in and they have a quick cup of coffee and they sit there and um, you know, chit chat for a couple minutes, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And truly the office dishwasher is not something that's ever loaded like our dishwashers are. I know. It's mm-hmm. maybe four or five coffee cups, maybe a spoon here or there, because people bring their own containers uh, if they're brown bagging their lunch, and mm-hmm. then they just take those right back home again. They don't mm-hmm. run them through the office dishwasher. Right. right. So there's really no reason that people should just throw things in the sink. And I also tell people with the microwave, too, when you try to burn it off, it doesn't work like an oven. You can't Mm -hmm. leave that mess in there because then it Mm -hmm. becomes the hardness of a diamond, and you can't get it off. So don't do that. And I Mm -hmm. actually had to tell people, too, and I got a standing ovation for this. I couldn't believe it. But I told people, common sense people, do not microwave fish in a microwave. What I do. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's funny because we all think about it. You know, you had fish for dinner last night. You're going to microwave it. No. No. Leave it at home. Exactly. <laughs> Don't eat that other time. Yeah, many years ago, I almost lost a job because of the office microwave. Really? <clears throat> I did popcorn. I didn't burn it. I, did, I just made popcorn in the, the microwave. The CEO hated that smell. Oh. Now, it, it, which I thought was funny. You know, everybody else loves the smell because you smell it and then you have to go eat popcorn too. Yeah. But he hated the smell of popcorn. And I was obviously new and nobody had told me the rule of do not make microwave popcorn. Right. And they, they, I got reprimanded. I mean, I, I really was reprimanded. And so I made a sign 
<laughs> and I put it on that microwave. And the funny thing, you know, it was it was kind of a mean and it was kind of a nasty. And, was, you know, they left it. They kept that sign up there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was one of those things where it, it was like, really? All I did was make popcorn. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, but people have you know, little peculiarities, and we can't just assume that everyone's going to be okay with microwaving fish. Well, fish, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually, I came unglued when I was pregnant, and I had a, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a nice smooth pregnancy until the day that somebody microwaved crawfish. Oh. And I just thought, okay, now I'm going to get sick. <laughs> and, and it is something, because you're not the first person who has said that, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and again, it's just a sign of being respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't do it. You don't want to make somebody sick. Well, hopefully not. Um, but, you know, and, and I did another sign one time. This was sometime where I worked and I was the administrative assistant. So granted, it kind of was my job to, to be doing some of this, but all men in the office, I was the only woman. And they never, ever cleaned up after themselves. And I made a big sign, and I put it up, and I said, I am not your mother, I am not your wife, and I am definitely not your maid. Right. right. No. <laughs> and that was all it took. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for Because if we all, I mean, it's just same rules as when we're talking to toddlers. It's just clean up after yourself. All you have to do is clean up after yourself, and the world will be a much nicer place. They're not paying people specifically to come and get your splattered spaghetti sauce off the top of the microwave. It's up to you. You made the mess. You clean it up. That's just all there is to it. Right, right. Well, the other thing that I wanted to talk about before we end the program is, I mentioned it right before we took the break, is attire. You know, we've gotten so into this business casual that it's carried over into everything. Um, You know, and, and to me... It gets so casual that then part of that mentality is there, that you can be more casual with your work and some things like that. But there's, you know, there's a lot of things that people are forgetting, especially when they're out, whether it's meetings, networking, or office attire. So talk to us about that and why that's still so important. I believe it's still important because, as I say, while you cannot judge a book by its cover, you can get a pretty good idea of what the story's about. Mm-hmm. The saying came from the days when books were just leather bound and the title was stamped in the front with gold leaf. So, of course, you don't know what's going on inside. But now you have pictures, you have quotes, you have a little summary on the back. You have all these pieces of information telling you a little bit more about what the book's about. Same thing with people. Your cover is what you are wearing. So what is your story? What are you telling people? Are you mm-hmm. telling people that I just fell out of bed and into whatever happened to be laying there? Or am I telling people that I take my job seriously enough to dress up for it? Right. So you have to be careful the message that you're sending to people because people are still very visual. They will form ten opinions about you in the first seven seconds they've just laid eyes on you. No one has even spoken a word yet, and they've already formed ten opinions about what they just took in via their eyes. So you have to be really careful in the way that you are dressing. Right. I think about this. Think about all the fast food places out there that have all undergone a facelift, right? Mm-hmm. McDonald's has, Wendy's has. They're trying to look very urban and trendy, so people will start believing that there might actually be some nutritional value on the inside. <laughs> Right. That's mm-hmm. not true. That is not true at all. Fast food is fast food. I don't care what the outside looks like. 
So same thing with people. You're outside, let's say, let's go the opposite direction. You're dressed to the nines, but you treat people like dirt. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's something that goes completely against the saying as mm-hmm. well. So you have to be careful with your attire and your grooming. And that casual Friday thing, I would agree with you a thousand percent. And if you were looking at a map of the United States and you were moving across it from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's almost like there's a line of demarcation somewhere right. around the Mississippi where all of a sudden it becomes better to become more casual as you get towards the West Coast. And I do mm-hmm. not agree at all because I value my job uh, and my position as much as it takes to dress mm-hmm. up for people and to show them that I I think very highly of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear jeans to work. Right. I had a man one time when I was doing a seminar here in Denver, and I said, uh, well, well, dress up the way you would be dressed if you were going to be meeting the Pope, for heaven's sakes. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I don't think so. I said, if I was going to be meeting the Pope, I'd be wearing just these jeans right here, and I'd be asking him what kind of jeans he likes best, too. And I went, oh, boy, I got a lot of work to do here. (laughs) Right, right. But it's not, you know, it's not that, I don't understand, I understand our our little rebellion that's kind of in our bloodstream as Americans, but there comes a point when uh, you should not be wearing jeans to meet the Pope, and you should not be wearing flip-flops in the White House, and you Mm -hmm. should be dressing for what is expected of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's it's funny, and I'm <clears throat> I'm going to show my age on this one. <laughs> it's it's one of those where I especially look at young women, and I think, now, what is it exactly that you're selling? Mm-hmm. You know, when they've got the low cut top, or you know, we've got several inches of their little tummy showing. Um, you know, and and heaven forbid that it's you know a young man who I see more of his underwear than I ever wanted to see. <laughs> you know. To me, that's just, and, and I don't care if they're just going to the grocery store or if they're trying to do business. To me, it's, it is, it's, it's not always, it's not exactly a sign of disrespect for other people, mm-hmm. but it's, they're not respecting themselves either. Um, you know, and, and it's, and I'm not saying, you know, we have to be in a suit, we have to be all fancy, um, because I do believe that in a lot of ways you have to dress to be comfortable with yourself. You know, and if you're not the person that, that does well with the tie or the high heels or whatever, then, you know, maybe that's not going to work for you. But it is, it is a show of respect both for yourself and for the people you're dealing with to, to look a little bit better. Um, you know, it's, it's funny when you have businesses that focus on kind of that opposite. Um, in, in Colorado, there's that chain of stores called, or of, of food places that is Tokyo Joe's. And oh, do I miss Tokyo Joe's? But, <laughs> The the uh, employees in there are are very. Uh, it's not even casual. They have a lot of piercings. They have a lot of tattoos. They you know, and, and that's just kind of standard. I mean, you go in and they're not, and you're thinking, what the heck is wrong with you? But that's that is their style. You know, it's just like in say Chick Fil A. They have a different way that they dress and some things like that. But to me, you should be dressing. To, to match the other person maybe is, is sometimes the, the best way to think of it. If I'm meeting with someone who's going to be in a suit, then I'm going to have a suit on. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, if they might have, if maybe it is casual Friday, and I know that they're going to have jeans on, I'm not going to really dress up because I don't want them to feel like they're underdressed. But I, if I wear jeans, they're going to be very nice jeans. I'm still going to have heels on. You know, I'm going to have a jacket. You know, all of those things so that... It's still 
business professional for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Is That's the key to courtesy is that you're making other people around you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And if that means dressing to their standard or dressing to a standard that's not going to make them feel uncomfortable, that is the most courteous thing that you can do. And I agree with you. I love Tokyo Joe's, but their whole message is that we are not your typical fast food place, so our employees are going to look the part. They're going to have blue hair, and they're going to have multiple piercings, and they're going to have tattoos that are visible because we're not your typical fast food place. However as I tell my students too, because at teaching at an alternative high school, this is what the norm is, is I tell people that you're going to look back at pictures of yourself in the future and you're probably going to be embarrassed. Do you really want to mm-hmm. go through that? And, of course, you know, they're teenagers, and so they figure that, well, I'm invincible, so it's not going to happen to me. But I say, okay, let's take it a step further. What are retirement homes going to look like in the future? Oh, I know. <laughs> Your earlobes are going to be hanging down to your knees. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's um, it's becoming a little bit more acceptable to have visual tattoos and multiple piercings and things like that. But it's something that are you going to regret this in the future? Are you going to regret having that hole in your face in the future? And most likely you are going to. I told my students, I'm like, you know what, you really want to make a lot of money in the future? Become a plastic surgeon so you can sew people's earlobes back up. Yep. And, and take, <laughs> take tattoos off. You know, and, and I'm all about being authentic mm-hmm. to your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so if you really want to have those earlobes like that or the tattoos, that's, I'm not saying not, but you just have to understand that that there are ramifications. And I tell people the same thing with their social media posts. You know what? If you want to post those extremely political ramps, mm-hmm. okay, but just understand that there are people who won't like that. Right. right. And there are yeah, there are ramifications in the future. And that's what my father always used to say was you will mm-hmm. pay for the sins of your youth. Right. So if it's putting holes in yourself or coloring your skin or whatever it is, uh, it will catch up with you later, and the results are probably not going to be pretty. Same thing, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you write. Case in point, when I go back to the letter that I wrote 14 years ago and it came back to bite me, it will mm-hmm. come back and it will bite you. So why not just avoid it to begin with? Right, right. Well, holy cow. We are at the top of the hour, and all I can say is we have to have you on again because this is a subject that I think is very important, and I'm thinking maybe we do something around, say, May, where we're talking to new college and new high school graduates. Oh, yes. Um, you know, some things like that. And, and so I think this is going to be something that we keep a, an ongoing dialogue about because it is very important, and, and I think people have forgotten how to be courteous, how to be polite. We know when we've been slighted, but we forget that we should be doing the same thing to other people. So one last time, tell people how they find you online and how they find your information. They can certainly go to my website at www.courtesybootcamp.com. They can find me on Facebook, of course, and they can find me on LinkedIn. And I also do have a WordPress blog of the same title. I also love talking to people, really talking to people like you and I are right now. (laughs) And they can call me at 303-909-8745. 
Perfect, perfect. Well, Antoinette, thank you so much. This has been great fun, and, and I've learned. You know, Plus, it's made me think about some things. You know, have, have I shown respect to people the way I want to be shown respect to, and, and things like that. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. As I say, it's not rocket science. It's just a refresher on all, all right. the points that we've been raised on and we've forgotten. This is true. This is true. And so, everyone, keep that in mind. Remember to say please. Remember to say thank you. And and let's just be a little nicer to each other out there. So, until next week, have a great day. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is... This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.